Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Repros for Iowa. I'm your host, Micah Doolin, and my pronouns are they, them, she. Um, I hope you guys are having a warm Saturday morning. I walked outside and saw a little bit of snow on our cars. Um, I was just going to get coffee and I was just like, oh, surprise. Um, Yeah, so it's getting its way into December, I guess. Um, Hopefully we can have some snow for Christmas. I don't know if you guys are interested in having snow, but I'm sure am. Um, I like a white Christmas, even though, you know, I'm not religious. Um, But that was just a fun little um, thing I saw this morning. Um, yeah, anyways, today I'll be airing an interview I did with Jennifer Horner. Um, I had the pleasure of, um, attending a Planned Parenthood power night that she facilitated where we talked about sex education, and I thought it would be a great idea to bring her on to share everything she knows about sex ed and how it relates to Iowa. Um, but before we get to the interview, I just wanted to do what I do every week, which is give... A quick update on how I'm doing in my personal mental health and sobriety journey. Um, So I haven't really thought about this question very much this week, which is how I'm doing. Um, You know, I don't know. I am still feeling a little bit off um, from last week with this new medication. Um, I'm just feeling weird. I'm still feeling very antsy, very anxious. Um, but I'm doing okay. I'm not too depressed. I'm getting up. I'm having pretty, pretty productive days. So that's all I can really ask for anymore. (laughs) Um, and then for my sobriety, I'm still being sober. So that's great. Um, you know, I've just, yeah, things have been going really well lately. Um, I'm still, yeah, just trying to, to plug away in my sobriety and trying to, work with my med management, really. Um, I'm doing well, I guess. Um, I'm still thinking that I need to come off of this Abilify, though. Um, I really am not happy with it. Um, And I know it's been a couple weeks since I've said that I really don't like it and that I keep saying that I'm going to advocate for myself, but gosh darn it, I think I'm finally going to do it. Um, I see my psychiatrist in one, I think another week, and I am just going to tell him I do not want to be on this medication. So wish me luck. Hopefully it goes well. Um, And we'll see what happens. We'll see if maybe I can't just go up on my other antidepressant. I'm thinking that maybe that that might just be the case where I just need that. Um, Or we'll try something different. Um, Because it's been almost a month of me being on this medication and I just don't like it. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's getting a little frustrating and it's making me feel weird. Um, I keep saying that I feel weird. Um, but yeah, everything's going good. I don't have a lot to say today. Really. I've been doing pretty well in my life lately. Um, Oh, I applied for a new position within um, Integrated DNA Technologies. I really, um, so I don't know if you guys know this, but um, earlier this year, like in mid-January, I had 
um, in my personal life made an announcement that I wanted to become a wind turbine technician. I wanted to move from integrated DNA technologies into that field um, because I thought it would be really fun. I really like working with my hands. It would also be outside. Um, and that's something that I was really interested in. So I wanted to go to school for it up at Kirkwood. And then things happened in my life. I kind of fucked some things up and I wasn't able to go to school for that. Um, but Integrated DNA Technologies, um, they have robots um, within their labs. Um, and so they need people to work on their robots. Um, so I ended up applying to be to work in their shop and to work at uh with the robots um so it would just be a lot of you know working with my hands fixing things um kind of right along uh right in line with some of the work that I wanted to be doing like if I was to go back on back to school for working on turbines just smaller um so I thought that was really cool um, I applied for that. My interview was on Wednesday, um, and I'm really excited about it. I, the, the guy I interviewed with said that the interview went well, and I hope to hear back within a week. Um, so I'm just anxiously, <laughs> you know me, I'm just anxiously awaiting um, to see how that went. Uh, I hope I get the job. Um, you know, I am so thankful that I worked at Integrated or that I work for, I still work there. I'm so grateful that I work for such an awesome company. Um, I'm really happy that I'm there um, because, you know, and even if I don't get this job, I'll still be with the company and I could still possibly move up to a different position anyways. Um, so either way, everything's going to be great. Um, and I'm excited just to continue my role there no matter what happens. Um, yeah, what else? What am I going to be doing today for the rest of the day? Um, I'm going to be doing some more community work um, that I've decided to start doing every Saturday. Um, it's just giving out lunches to the unhoused populations. Um, I also created some heaters that we're going to try to give out to them. Um, and then, what else? Maybe go see some people and then probably just like every weekend play video games do some housework spend some time with the, with the boyfriend because you know I don't really I don't know do a lot on the weekends I like to relax on the weekends because I work during the week but um that's really it everything's been going smoothly as they can recently um so I just wanted to make a note that next week I'm not going to air an interview interview or an episode because um it's going to be Christmas while I am not religious I still do celebrate I'm still gonna have to go to my boyfriend's families and last time I went I got very anxious and I got so anxious that I had stress induced paranoia while I was over at their house and so I'm just going to steer clear of doing an episode and I'm probably going to um, just be taking it easy and really getting prepared for that. Um, so I, and then like trying to acknowledge these feelings and thoughts and yeah, just trying to become prepared for that because it's a lot and um, I, I just need to make sure that my mental health is what I'm focusing on all the time 
and that it's at the forefront of all these of you know my <laughs> I don't know what I'm trying to say um I just need to make sure that I'm focusing on that during these times because they are hard times holidays are so um I hope that makes sense um but yeah let's get to the interview um it's a great one talking about sex education I super wish that I had great sex education when I was growing up I didn't have good sex education I went to a Christian school when I was in middle school um and junior high um so we didn't even talk about sex it was always abstinence before marriage and then in high school it was like one health class um so I wish Planned Parenthood was able to do sex education that would have been amazing because it probably would have saved me an abortion or two not gonna lie you know I don't really actually really know that but I can just imagine that I would have been a more fully informed adult and young adult um going about my life um but uh, yeah, I think it's really important that we start advocating for things like comprehensive sex education, especially in schools, so we can make sure that our youth are prospering, especially when they start having sex and when they start going out into the world um, so they can make better decisions. Um, but yeah, this interview is really great. I'm going to stop talking because I've been talking for a while, um, but I hope you guys have a great rest of your weekend. Thanks for listening again, and here's our interview. Yeah, Iowa's gotten a little iffy here recently. It sure has. Yeah. And I, I, I don't like the direction it's going whatsoever. I don't like the momentum that, that I yeah. feel <laughs> around how red it's getting. Yeah. So. Mm -hmm. Well, do you want to get into it? For sure. Like, this is a topic that's just near and dear to my heart, and I yeah. could talk about it forever so Good. thank you yeah, so much no, thank you <laughs> uh, so yeah do you want to go ahead and introduce yourself what you do and your pronouns my name is jennifer horner my pronouns are she her and i work for planned parenthood of north central states um i'm in my 12th year as a sexual health educator and a community outreach specialist um i took a little break if you can call it that, as a Spanish high school Spanish teacher for two years. And I also was pursuing some um, entrepreneurial stuff that has to do with recycling plastic that didn't quite work out. So I was offered the opportunity to come back to Planned Parenthood and I was thrilled and ecstatic because it's kind of like something that is in your blood, so to speak, when you're a sexual health educator. And 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 I missed it. And I was, I'm just really, really glad to be back in that role, in that capacity. So yeah, I also speak Spanish. Um, I moved back to my hometown like 23 years ago and, and started um, the Southwest Iowa Latino Resource Center. Um, it was a time when there were quite a few immigrants from mostly Mexico, Spanish-speaking immigrants coming here because of the economy was good and there were jobs and and you know how immigration has always worked and will always work in the future. Once people kind of like it, they have friends and family that hear about it and just kind of word of mouth, people come and join and start a little community, which is awesome. So that has been an amazing experience. And that has 
um, helped me utilize my Spanish major. I majored in Spanish in college. And I've just gotten to know some amazingly resilient and creative and hardworking people. And, and so thankfully my job as a sexual health educator kind of interacts with that population. I get to speak Spanish. I get to give some classes and do some outreach in Spanish. And I just, I absolutely love that so much. When I first started the job, um, you know, like talking about sex, when you're not used to it, that's not easy. That's that's intimidating and weird and how do you do that and and so when I first got the job it was very part-time and I thought I was just going to be speaking Spanish and like that felt okay to me because it was just like an extra barrier sort of like an extra layer of you know kind of like wearing a mask right like it, it, it and so I was like I think I could do it in Spanish but then they're like no you're also going to give classes in English and I was like no <laughs> But um, I just remember that when I when I first got the job. But over the years, obviously, you know, you practice and you have experiences that are positive and then it becomes a joy. And it is it is a joy and a pleasure, huge responsibility, a privilege and honor all of the above to be a sexual health educator. Awesome. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, that's a that's amazing. Um, that's a lot. Yeah, no, I'm. It's amazing. Um, yeah, thank you for doing this once again. Um, yeah. So what does the state of sex education look like here in Iowa? If that's not too loaded oh, of a God. question. <laughs> it's such a, it's such a loaded question, um, but it's a good question. It's an important question. That's yep. the question, right? That's yeah. the million dollar question. Where are we, you know, where are we going? Oh, it's so, so hard. We're coming into a really uh, draconian, I think is the word, um, time, I feel like when it comes to sexual health and reproductive health, I just, there's this huge momentum, um, this kind of anti-reproductive rights momentum. And I even feel like there are young people joining in that cause, which is really troubling to me. Like, I understand if there's like a lot of old white men kind of, you know, I get that, but like newer, younger generations that are buying into it is really scary and worrisome to me. Obviously, we also have people who are very supportive of reproductive rights and willing to fight. I think there was just a rally not too long ago. I don't know how many people attended, but like that warms my heart to see that there still are young people who who want to fight for reproductive rights. Um, Oh, I mean, it's really, it's really kind of like a, a hit and miss kind of thing. It just depends on where you are and which part of the state. I mean, so far, we haven't had anything like what's going on in Nebraska. As far as sex education in public schools, we haven't had anything like that's going on in Nebraska where it's very public and out in the open. They're, you know, having to redo their sexual health standards and you know, people are showing up kind of like with figurative pitchforks at the meetings, you know, and, um, and, and just really pushing back against LGBTQ content um, and anti-racist content and, and all of that. And I mean, I think that's possible to come in Iowa. I mean, it's been really good. Like we've, we've had funding to teach comprehensive sex ed, you know, evidence-based programs. I mean, like, come on, these are evidence-based programs. I mean, these, 
these curriculum, it's not like we're going in and just like teaching and indoctrinating, but that's what some people think, you know, especially yeah. the name of Planned Parenthood is such a stigma laden, you know, organization and, yeah. and people just, they, they imagine, you know, erroneously that we're going in and just indoctrinating kids, you know, with a, with some kind of gay agenda. And it's just like, you know what, come into the class. You're always welcome. Come see what we actually do. You still might not love it, but you're going to see that you're going to see every time with every educator that we leave space for people to have their own values. We don't, we're not against abstinence. We're not, you know, we're not against heterosexuality. <laughs> we're for inclusivity and diversity and allowing people of all ages, you know, to be able to take in factual information and, and, and have their own values mixed with that factual information. So, so that was a very long twisted answer to what is the state of of uh, reproductive health. I mean, cause you've got the two things, you've got the education piece, you know, in public schools, yep. and then you just also have the, the reproductive rights piece. And it all comes back to like, you know, funding, like there are legislators that are trying everything without just outright saying, look, we don't want any money to go to Planned Parenthood. I mean, that's basically what it is. We don't want any money going to Planned Parenthood for anything that they're doing. You know, they can't do that. But they can say, we don't want any money going to organizations that do this or that, you know, that they're, they're kind of trying to figure out ways without just blatantly being honest about what they want, you know, to get around it. So interesting times. Yeah. Um, so kind of um, what does uh, Planned Parent sex education look like? Um, so you go into a school and you're talking to a bunch of kids. What would you say to them? Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> Another so, loaded question, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. So if, you know, if the school allows us to come in again, like we're a controversial organization. So, you know, like for example, the school that I go to, we've been there for, you know, almost a decade and, and things have been fine. So we continue to be able to go into the schools, you know, at any given moment, there could be that squeaky wheel parent that says, Hey, what's going on here? And, but, so far that hasn't happened and that's really good. We're not trying to be secretive. Parents know who's in, they have, you know, they have every right to know. We don't try to keep anything secret. And again, parents are always welcome to come into a classroom um, at any time for whatever class to sit in and see what their kids are learning. So, you know, it just kind of depends on the age group. Like I've taught puberty lessons before to fourth and fifth graders. I love teaching puberty. It's so fun because fourth and fifth graders are just so full of curiosity and energy. And I mean, it's kind of like, I guess the learning curve is so high for puberty, which is kind of sad to tell you the truth, because like, it shouldn't be this fun because parents, ideally parents have been talking with their kids about all these things. And like, ideally the kids would be sort of bored to tell you the truth. That would be ideal because that would mean that the parents are doing their job. <laughs> you know, like I would love to go into a classroom and imagine there may be some schools where this is the case. Like kids are just like, yep, I know that, you know, yep. Yeah, that's cool. I know that I, I know all these things, but, um, but they don't. And some kids you can tell, you know, like who's, 
whose parents have talked to them, but they're also excited about it because then they feel kind of special that they know things. Although it's so interesting. There's just so much. I There's so much nuance to, to teaching this subject matter. You, like I said, you have the kids who do know stuff. Sometimes they're proud to share it. Other times they feel a little bit self-conscious. You know, there's always just, and that's to me, that's one of the hardest parts of the job, but but an important part is like reading all of those dynamics at any given moment. And my main, main, main goal, and it is of all of us, is to create a very safe, inclusive space where people feel welcome, they feel good about being there, they feel okay to ask questions. I mean, that that is the main goal because the subject matter is a little um, it can be delicate and it's private for most kids and it hasn't been talked about. And, um, but at the same time, it's such an important topic to talk about. And also just that, that uh, you know, the, the delicacy of, of, of not trampling on anybody's values. I feel like I've gotten pretty good at that at this point. I mean, I'm always learning and I'm not perfect, but um, that also is something that's always at the forefront. Like, because I have my own values around sexuality. Of course, everybody does, right? How do you, you know, how do you not promote a particular value set over another? You know, how do you discuss this in a way that allows for all of those values to be, except the value of like intolerance. That's, you know, that there's there's gotta be a line. You can't allow kids to be putting other people down and you just you just can't and that's part of you know every time we we go into a class we always establish ground rules that's just something really important so you know part of the ground rules is to you know allow people their own opinions and ideas but not hurt people with those opinions and ideas does that make sense yeah yeah so we establish ground rules um always try to mix in different activities for different types of learning styles, you know, visual stuff, the audio learners, the, you know, written versus video. I mean, we always just kind of, it depends on the lesson, but try to have something for everybody to make it. I like, I, I, it's gotta be fun. It's gotta be comfortable and relaxing, you know, um, but it also has to be trauma informed. <laughs> So any kind of subject matter we teach, we have to we have to imagine that there are kids in our classroom that have had some trauma around something sexual. I mean, there almost always are, unfortunately. Sexual abuse in Iowa in particular is unfortunately common. And so we have to we have to be super conscious and aware of that and and allow for kids to leave if they have to or take a break or put their head down or allow for them to talk to us after class that's kind of tricky sometimes because you know we're not in the schools regularly or but provide resources so that they could you know call a hotline or something like that so that's something that's really important to me as a sexual health educator is just recognizing that there are going to be people who have trauma around this issue and they need to be considered and cared for that's crazy. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. Um, yeah, so it's pretty high. You said, or I don't know the rates necessarily. I just know like in particular, my County where I live, yeah. I don't teach in this, in this County anymore, but like 
it's one of the highest. Montgomery County is one of the highest in the wow. states for for just for child abuse in general. And that's then, really sad. You know, sexual abuse is part of that. Yeah, it is. It is. So again, like that's another reason that this topic is so important to help yeah. prevent sexual abuse, to help yeah. give young people the awareness around what it even is and that there is help available to them and that it's not their fault if this has happened to them and maybe some resources to help them be able to reach out and tell somebody instead of holding things inside. So there's just like at any given moment, but it, I guess sex ed is kind of like a diamond. You know, It's got all these different facets that that you have to be considering for sure in a given moment yeah for sure um why do you think um so sometimes you mentioned that people uh some of these kids are informed um by their parents but sometimes there's not um yeah can you speak on that like have you ever run across something or someone who was taught by their parents but it was the wrong like the wrong facts or that maybe it wasn't yeah I can't think of anything like offhand I guess parents of like when teaching older kids like adolescents older adolescents or you know like maybe college students which I have taught in the past it feels like there's a lot of stories around birth control yeah that it's you know, like just, you don't want to like, um, you don't want to degrade someone's experience, but at the same time, you don't want myths to circulate. You don't want incorrect information that is shared to be believed by other participants. So that's always just kind of like a touchy, I feel like around that issue, people have so many stories. Well, my aunt was on birth control and blah, 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 or my mom says, the birth control, blah, blah, blah. You know, it's just kind of like, okay. And I don't know, people do have different experiences. I, I can't say that, no, that's not true. You, know, you have to watch that. No, that can't be, that's impossible. You know, you don't want to you know, like shut somebody down, shut somebody off. But at the same time, it's kind of like, you just, it's, it's just delicate. You, you kind of have to find a way to, you know, <laughs> just insert, the factual things that you know well so th those those can be kind of tricky moments um yeah I don't know just like kids don't know about their bodies like I, I'm teaching right now I'm teaching seventh and eighth grade girls and I, I just I there are these kind of moments and I'm just thinking of one this young woman she's I don't know if she's 15 14 15 and the realization when she realized that um you know, that the urethra was different than the vagina, that, that, you know, urine and blood didn't come out of the same place. And I mean, she's like 15. It's like, wow. But that feels so good to be able to help her on that journey of knowing how her body works. That's so, so essential for sexual health and to be in, in healthy relationships. You got to understand your body and how things work and don't work. So that was um, a memorable moment that I had recently. <laughs> uh, like, just like, yeah, I didn't grow up with very comprehensive sex education just because of the school that I went to. It was a very Christian school. And then I remember like barely learning about it in 
high school. I hope that's changing though. I, you know, I have no idea, but um, it's not. Yeah. I figured. No, it's not. I wish no, it would. You know? Oh, me too. It's just, it's extremely hit and miss as far as, and, and you know what? A lot of parents assume that, that their kids are being taught this in school. Seriously. Yeah. It's, I, and they're not, maybe they're dedicating a couple days in PE class or health class. Yeah. And all they're talking about is basic reproductive stuff. Like just a couple of, they are not covering consent. They're not covering healthy relationships. They're not covering much about sexually transmitted yeah. infections or birth control. No, it's just the really soup. And then parents think that that's sex ed and that is not comprehensive sex ed, no. even close to it. And so, yeah, it, like I said, very few schools do a comprehensive, I mean, sex ed should be taught from kindergarten through 12th grade right. every year. It should be woven in. It just should always be there. And it's not. And there's a fantastic curriculum that I wish I could use, but grants don't allow because it hasn't been proven to be evidence-based yet because that's a very expensive process. It's a long process. It requires, you know, certain kinds of studies that are accepted by the federal government and that kind of stuff. Um, but it's called the, the three R's, rights, respect, and responsibility. It's put out by Advocates for Youth. It's online. It's totally free. It is K through 12 comprehensive sex ed. It is amazing. Um, sometimes I just read the lesson plans to just sort of infuse some of the ideas in my, even though I can't technically use that curriculum, um, just to kind of like, you know, get some ideas and it's always being updated. And that's so cool because it's digital. Like we really need to stop thinking about like printed curricula. It's yeah. just, it, things move too fast. Things are changing too much in our world, you know? Yeah. Um, and so I just love that they have it online and it's free. They don't charge, they don't charge you to, to print out, but it's like teachers don't have time to do these lessons, you know, like they, like even a science teacher, you know, like, again, they just have a few days to dedicate to the reproductive system. And, but anyway, I just, it should be a part of like, it should be a part of, you know, like a healthy living class or something like that. Yeah. You know, that there's, there's always like a couple, at least like a couple lessons, for, for example, from that curriculum um, in a class like that, that all of the students take, right? And it's not just an elective that some students get this information. Yeah. It should be taught like they do in Europe. I mean, a lot of European countries, it's not a big deal to, to have comprehensive sex ed integrated into what you're teaching kids. It's not controversial. It's just life. It's like, it's just considered to be a life skill that is necessary and important to have a healthy, informed populace I just wish it were like that here. I wish it weren't so controversial. I really yeah. do. It really shouldn't be. I mean, learning about your body and being informed, it can make, it leads to better like life decisions. I think, especially when you become a young adult. Um, For sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, without a doubt, without a doubt. And it, and it helps kids even delay sexual activity until they're ready. I mean, it's been proven, you know, like there've been a lot of different studies around this and it helps them delay and it helps them when they do make better choices and use protection more. They understand how this all works and the importance of it. And it's just so important. Like what parent wouldn't want that for their kid? I mean, 
like what, what do we want we want our kids to just be experimenting to learn and maybe yeah. you know get an infection that they might have for the rest of their life like that is not right it's not the best yeah yeah so um circling back to um the fact that you guys, uh, Planned Parenthood isn't really able to come into schools to do that. Is there any other sort of laws that are being, that have been brought before the legislator here in Iowa to kind of make your education inaccessible? Do you know anything about that? I should know. I don't. Know. Okay. I, no, I that's okay. It, I, no, I imagine it's in the works. Yeah. Uh, without a doubt it's yeah without a doubt it's in the works there are a group of legislators probably as we speak you know like trying to craft something that yeah for sure uh, okay no, people are people are yeah they're they're on it they're <laughs> okay they're, yeah, they're that's on it. but I mean but yeah because like the title 10 which is um you know money from the government to help pay for reproductive health okay um was taken away but it's being it's being reinstalled because of the new administration so is that, that's that's a super is that exciting the Biden administration it is 100 percent yes <laughs> yeah so the yeah so the removal of title 10 funding to any organization that um provided abortions i think is what it was is that has been you know taken away so we will be able to receive Title X funding again, which helps so many people, um, you know, who can't afford, you know, for example, a pap smear or something like that. I mean, it's 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 money that can help them. Nice. You know, yeah, it's great. So I think it's coming in December, it's coming soon. So that'll be really, really good. Cause we've had to turn, I know that sometimes we have to turn people away because they can't, they can't pay when, when, whereas before Title Ten would help pick up, or that we didn't turn them away, but they, they decided that they, you know, they made the decision to not do something because they just couldn't afford it. And we offer as much help as we can, but Title Ten was really important for helping more people. So, but why okay. do you think abstinence-based sex ed doesn't work? It's shame and fear-based instead of fact-based it's not inclusive kids see right through it they don't they tune out they don't pay attention it again like there's just so much shame even for like maybe a kid who was sexually abused they, there's you know they, they they hear the messages and the way it's taught and they feel like this isn't for me or I'm a horrible person I'm a piece of chewed up bubble gum I mean there's things like that in abstinence only education it's not I've looked at some of the, the curricula. I, it just makes me so sad, right? Like if you've had sex before, you're like a chewed up piece of bubble gum. Who's going to want that? Ew. I've there's, once, just, there's stuff in there. I've once heard it because um, I have the school that I went to, they would refer to young women as Ford trucks, like the very... Yeah. So the ones that are like very like an F-150, something that's very like common or something like, yeah, it was really bad. <laughs> Ew. Horrible. Um, yeah, I just, but you can continue. I was just, that's what it makes me think of every time. <laughs> just really like damaging analogies like that. It's not yep. cute. It's not funny. It's just 
sad and it's yeah. dangerous and it's damaging and it's hurtful mm-hmm. to people. Yeah. So that's why it doesn't work because it's not inclusive and it's not compassionate. It doesn't come from a place of caring. It, it, it's, it's shaming. It's all about shame and fear. And those are not, those are not the best tools to, to teach people. Those are not motivational tools to help people make the best choices for themselves. <laughs> fear and shame. It almost feels a little bit controlling too. Yeah, for sure. You know, it's so funny. It's like, you know, there's this idea that Planned Parenthood is indoctrinating Mm -hmm. kids. Well, I mean, abstinence only is kind of a way of indoctrinating, Mm -hmm. you know, to like, you must have this value or you are not valuable. No, 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 no. You know, that's, that's not, that's not helpful to young people or anybody to try to impose a particular like again I am so careful to not impose a particular value it, it, it's all about creating space for kids to explore what kind of value they want for themselves and to honor that for example I never if someone like I had a student who said this is weird like she said her dad's gonna pay her twenty five thousand dollars if she's a virgin until she get married gets married that's a whole nother ball of wax I don't even, I can't even touch that, you know, but I have to like, I can't shame her father or her for that. I personally, that is disgusting to me in multiple ways. Um, But, but I, you know, if she wants to wait until she's married to have, to, to have sex, I do not shame that particular value. I have to honor that and, and, and allow for that. And, but I also have to allow for my other student who was in the same class who said, Oh come on! Every we're gonna have sex when by the time we're sixteen. I mean, I I you know I like I can't shame her or make her feel bad for having for having that idea. They they come from different families. They they come from different worlds. So you know it, it's just navigating all of that. Yep, and using those things as just sort of like teachable moments as well. But but again, not shaming. Um, not shaming students for, right. for those ideas and opinions. That's awesome. Yeah. People are definitely allowed to have their beliefs. Um, but it, yeah, it's also good, a good idea to be informed as well. Um, so mm-hmm. thank you for the work that you do when you're trying to navigate that. That's really awesome. Um, so yeah. I had just have like a couple of, couple of more questions. Um, they're kind of intertwined. What do you think the best way for a parent to talk about their kid about sex ed is and are there any resources for oh, geez, yeah. for parents <laughs> and i'm gonna write so these many down. good oh there's so many good resources for parents amaze.org is one of the best amaze dot excuse me amaze.org is um a website where there are lots of little short videos cartoon videos on so many different topics for so many different ages of kids like it's age appropriate stuff on anything from healthy relationships to porn um to you know social media safety to you know puberty and consent i mean it's just any kind of topic all the topics important topics so like a parent, you know, going on that side kind of with their young person, looking at those videos, watching them together, discussing the videos. What do you think of that? 
is is wonderful um because like I said they're like three to five minutes each each of the little videos on the topics and they're just really well done and they're yeah I like that one a lot um and then the Planned Parenthood website has extensive information for parents as well on how to talk to your kids. There are videos on that website as well that kind of give examples of, of um, you know, how to have these kinds of conversations with your youth. Um, it's different at different ages, of course, but the important thing is that the earlier, the better, the earlier you start having the conversations. Again, age appropriate, like from the time kids are real little talking about you know, sexual abuse prevention and how, you know, bodily autonomy and always building self-esteem, all of these things go into sexual health. And, and again, like you're not talking about condoms with a five-year-old, you know, like that comes later on, but you're setting the stage for, you know, again, like, you know, that your, your body, your bodily autonomy, how important that is, what consent is. And you know, consent doesn't just have to do with sexual situations. If you're teaching about consent early on and that, you know, it's okay for you to not want to hug from your uncle, for example, if that makes you feel uncomfortable, all of these things go into creating a healthy, you know, a healthy sexuality for, for a human. And what more do we want for our children? We're all sexual beings. We want their sexual life to be fulfilling, happy, you know, healthy, not abusive, not coercive, not manipulative, either by them or to them. And so we have to start teaching these kinds of things early on to set the stage for that foundation. So the Planned Parenthood website, awesome resources, and in Spanish as well, which is super cool, uh, amaze.org. Um, there's a place, there's a, there's a website called Sex Positive Families that also just has fantastic information. You know, I would recommend um, parents could join the, you know, the listserv. They get an email every so often. Sex Positive Families is really, really good. Um, so yeah, there's, there's good stuff out there for people for sure. Cool. Um, yeah. so is that, I just have a one quick little question. Is that advocates for youth? Um, yes. Is that for teachers or is that for anybody? Oh, you mean the curriculum, like the three yeah. hours curriculum? I mean, it would be, it, it's lesson plans. So it's, gotcha. you know, it would be for teachers, but I mean, if parents are so inclined, there'd be, yeah. no, there'd be no reason for them not to like go and even just like look at the lessons and it would give them ideas. Because here's the thing, like as parents, we also kind of have to learn facts. We have to learn about sexually transmitted infections and protection, yeah. and we should learn about birth control. We should learn what consent is so that we're able to teach that to our kids, you know, right. but like going to these resources, you know, with your child as well, isn't a bad idea or going, you know, as a parent going and learning and educating yourself and then so that you can be the best teacher to your kids. And again, parents don't assume that your kids are learning all this stuff in school. Yeah. They're not necessarily. Yeah. Even if they tell you, oh yeah, we learned sex ed in school. Again, I mean, many schools just don't put the importance onto this topic as, as they should. Cool, well, that's all I have, so. <laughs> Hopefully thank thank was... you for putting up with my long-windedness. No, that's okay. Um, I love listening to people. So uh, thank oh, you for thank the time. You.
Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Micah, very much. Okay, so that was our interview with Jennifer Horner. As always, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, or if you'd like to come on to the show to speak with me, please email me at reprosforiowa at gmail.com. You can also find me on Facebook or Instagram. I also have a Patreon set up. Um, Yeah, feel free to reach out if you'd like. Um, I hope you have a good holiday. I'll see you all in two weeks.